From the Financial Times in London, I'm Patrick Jenkins, the FT's financial editor. This is FT News. Standard Life is to acquire Aberdeen Asset Management to create one of the biggest asset managers in Europe with £660 billion of assets under management. I'm joined by Arash Masoudi, our M&A correspondent, Oliver Ralph, our insurance correspondent, and Miles Johnson, our global investment editor, to discuss the deal. Well, first to you, Arash. You had a very busy weekend chasing this story down. One of the notable things, it's been presented as a merger, but it's structured as an acquisition with a tiny, tiny premium. Why this odd structure? Well, it's being presented as a true merger, to quote one of the advisors on one of the sides. In fact, it is anything but. It is a takeover of Aberdeen by Standard Life. Aberdeen shareholders will receive 0.757 shares for each one they own in Standard Life. The new company will be worth around £11 billion market cap. Aberdeen shareholders will have a third of the value in the new company. And otherwise, it is a takeover because a merger of equals, even in the rare case we permit that, is a 50-50 split between ownership. This is not that. The two companies are arguing because there will be co-CEOs, Standard Life's Keith Sheck and Martin Gilbert from Aberdeen, that this is a merger and that the board will have equal representation. But unfortunately, that argument does not pass muster. So, Mars, does that mean this is a bad deal for shareholders? At least some of the arguments behind presenting this as a merger seem to be to save face for management figures like Martin Gilbert, the head of Aberdeen. So from an investor point of view, is it a really bad deal? I personally think that there's a degree of cognitive dissonance going on here in the way this deal is being presented. If it was such a brilliant deal in which there would be huge amount of industrial logic to power this consolidation, which will build this European champion, which will then be able to reap the benefits of cost synergies, reap the benefits of greater, more integrated distribution platform, then this deal should have been done earlier. And at the moment, the problem is that Aberdeen shareholders are facing really selling a business that if they've been backing for a long time was worth a lot more in the past and had much greater bargaining power and is now being basically sold at a knockdown price and losing its independence in a way which doesn't really benefit them. Yeah, because we should point out Aberdeen's had quite a difficult time of late. In the last few years, it's had consistent asset outflows. It's been punished for being very focused on emerging markets, which have been out of fashion. I think the share price is probably not much more than half of what it was a few years ago. So it does look like an odd time to be doing the deal. But there is a bull argument to this deal as well, isn't there, Miles? Yes, I mean, it's a little bit of a contrarian argument at this point, but there are some people out there who believe that the UK listed asset managers have been beaten down too far. And actually, the the consensus opinion, which is that barriers to entry around the sector are going down and that their margins are going to be eaten over time by the rise of passive, low-cost investment vehicles. Some people believe that's actually wrong and that barriers to entry are actually rising and actually that it's harder in a more and more consolidated end-client world where you have very large pension funds, very large sovereign wealth funds who are only going to be talking to a very select number of fund managers. It's hard to get in front of them and that something like Aberdeen in its new combined entity will actually now have greater scale and a greater ability to kind of consolidate this institutional assets under management. Oliver, you cover the insurance industry and Standard Life is an interesting one for you because, yes, it's a life insurer, 
but increasingly has been becoming an asset manager already. And this deal really completes that transformation, doesn't it? It does, yes. It's been a kind of 20-year journey through which Standard Life has been building up its asset management business and really scaling back its insurance operations. It still has insurance contracts on its balance sheets, has about £15 billion worth of insurance liabilities. But for the last decade, really, the main focus has been on moving into asset management. And it's done pretty well at that. It's got a range of funds called GARS, which is meant to deliver equity-like returns with bond-like volatility. It was very popular. It did well for a while. And that's really powered the growth of the investment management part of Standard Life. That stuttered a bit recently. Gar's performance last year wasn't very good. Customers have been pulling their money out of it. So a bit of the shine on this transformation has kind of been lost recently. And this, I think, is an attempt to sort of bolster it a bit more and provide the next step on this transformation. Standard Life sees the future a lot more in asset management than it does in its roots and insurance. And in many ways, this was a deal that was the kind of brainchild of Jerry Grimston, the longtime Standard Life chairman. Yes, he's wanted to do this for about seven years, this uh, combination, and uh, for various reasons he's not been able to, but he's been the one pushing for it, and, and he's got the deal over the line now. He will be chairman of the group when the deal completes. There'll also be co-chief executives, Keith Skiok and Martin Gilbert, which is an interesting structure. You speak to people in the insurance world and they say, oh, remember Royal and Sun Alliance? 20 years ago, when those two companies got together, they had joint chief executives and it was a disaster. (laughs) Yes, there's not many co-CEO structures in history that have been notably successful, I don't think. Arash, if I could come back to you for a final word, really, on putting this in the broader context. We've seen a spate of M&A recently in asset management. Not that long ago that Janus and Henderson announced a combination. More recently, Amundi bought Italy's Pioneer. Who's going to be next? Well, it's clear there's a problem in the industry. And if I was just looking through the archives, Patrick, and you may remember the story because you were on it. But in October 2015, you guys wrote a story saying Aberdeen was trying to flog itself, to which Martin Gilbert publicly denied it the following day. In fact, it was true. And he'd been searching far and wide for a buyer. So I think, again, the fact that we've seen Aberdeen sell itself for no premium tells you the state that many of these companies are in, Aberdeen particularly exposed to emerging markets. So you have to think if there's big UK fund managers, European fund managers exposed to parts of the world which are not seeing returns, they must be the first on the sort of panic list. And you cannot expect many of these deals will come with any premiums. So if you are a shareholder in these companies, you shouldn't be expecting you're going to get a bump in this stuff. And fundamentally, the pressure from BlackRock and Vanguard and these trillion-dollar asset managers who have indexed funds and are so-called passive players are just wiping out this industry because when they charge you three or four cents for every thousand you have in a pension fund, it's illogical to spend several dollars per thousand to invest with one of these firms. So this is a business model that is fundamentally under pressure now. It's an industry that is seemingly illogical in the new world. And it's hard to understand transactions like this because there's no sense of evolution that the active managers are coming up with a solution to challenge this. Instead, these are very defensive plays to just fire and rip out costs and survive and kick the can down the road. And I think barring a good idea in the industry, that's going to be the future for the next year. Well, we'll have to wait and see whether Standard Life Aberdeen works. But as Arash says, one thing's probably pretty certain that we're going to see more of these deals going forward. My thanks to Arash and to Miles and to Oliver. And for more on this story, go to ft.com slash fundmanager.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.